today on the Provoke and Inspire podcast. I want to have a broken heart for the lost, but I don't think that most days I actually do. And so I've got to take that to Jesus and apologize to him and repent and ask him to give me his heart. If I have an encounter with Jesus, I understand that the world is burning and I can't just walk by. Start simple. Don't overcomplicate this. Maybe what it means for you to reach the secular world is saying, God, what neighbor do I need to get to know and take a risk and tell them about Jesus? Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast, a lively discussion about how to follow Jesus in secular culture. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce our regulars today. We have David Pierce. He's the founder of the worldwide missions organization Steiger, the band No Longer Music, as well as a speaker all over the world and an author of three books, four if you count his controversial title that he'll probably mention later. <laughs> Luke Greenwood, the European director for Steiger, the front man for the riot rock band The Unrest, and author of half a book that may or may not be published at some point. <laughs> Chad Ochocinco Johnson, founder of Come and Live, former A&R guy uh, for Tooth and Nail and author of A Thousand Risks. And myself, frontman and creative director for No Longer Music, author of the book Jesus in the Secular World, Reaching a Culture in Crisis, and the host of this podcast. Welcome, everybody. Ben, I, I, hey, ben, I wrote four books not including the controversial book. Oh, you did? Which one am <laughs> yeah. I missing? Is it Rock a man's Priest, guide to grooming? Revolutionary, ten, uh, dancing with skinheads and other Bible study topics, and get oh, out of the rat cage. rat cage. That's four books, as far as I can they tell. They all kind of blur Munter. together. What? You know, they all just sort of blur together in one one lump, if you will, <laughs> one sort of written lump. Uh, anyway, yes. So sorry, four and a half books. That, no, no. Luke wrote the half book. You wrote four, potentially five, yeah. with the controversy. That's right. Yeah, uh, and anyway. you've got another one coming, right, David? What? Yeah, what's all that? I don't know you anything about one the controversial coming. book. Oh, Sex and the Single Raccoon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's not so much controversial as it's just sort of a departure from his usual topics. It's more biology and ethics okay, as opposed to yes. rambling and inspiration. Uh, it's a different category on Amazon. Anyway, welcome, everybody. If you enjoy the Provoke and Inspire podcast, if this has been uh, an encouragement to you to follow Jesus in secular culture, uh, would you help us spread the word? Would you rate this podcast? Would you subscribe on iTunes? And would you leave us a review? Chad was usually reading the the latest reviews. I don't know. We forgot uh, to do yeah, that. So forgot. maybe he can uh, he can pull that up at some point. Yeah, yeah. But to give you an good, idea good of the set list... So if you've stumbled upon this and you're going, what am I about to listen to? You're about to listen to one of three things. First, Punching Through the Awkward with Chad, which is a weekly look into Chad's Holy Spirit-inspired risk to share the love of Jesus in his everyday life. I hope you like that description. Uh, David's Random Story. Uh, it's a rambling three- to five-minute anecdote that what is, is sure this to both ram- entertain why? and confuse. There's nothing huh? rambling about it. Okay, it's a. Let me rephrase. It's a rambling three to five minute anecdote that is both sure to entertain and confuse. I think that's a fair well, description. Also, well, I don't, you're over explaining the art, though. Over explaining the art. The the arc? The, the yes, the art. That's what you Americans would call art. Art. Yeah, you got to get the R in there. I don't know what that even means. And then we have the main topic for today, which is why. Is the harvest plentiful, but the workers are few, and we're launching, it's part of a new series that we're launching uh, based on the book I wrote called Jesus in the Secular World. Um, We're going to kind of go through that uh, and really look at the how you should reach people, but today is going to be more about the why. 
uh, and maybe the why nots of, of uh, why people are not reaching people like they maybe should be. So anyway, kicking it off with David's Random Story. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Wait. I, got the, I just wait, said the happened? set list and then I got the order wrong. Punching through the awkward <laughs> with Chad. That's so. That was great. I, I was. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." We're too, man. We're really changing the format. I thought we out. had like I like this. Yeah, I thought we had a cool little jingle thing that happened, like a like cartoon yeah, guy. I don't right have. I don't have any. I think sweet you're confusing jingles. the visual with the audio. Yeah, I think that's what's uh-huh. going. On. So <laughs> right. hey, here's that's the what we would call uh, art. Here's uh, out of 43 <laughs> customer reviews. Here is the most top, most critical. Review Good. that came in on December twenty third. It's by someone t- uh, who kn- knows who knows themselves as songs to inspire. They said, "Honestly, I came to listen for David's random stories, but I have heard rumor there's really deep, challenging content worth sticking around for after that." Yes, smiley face. <laughs> so that that's that's pretty critical. Thank Aww. you, songs well, to inspire. We salute you. Songs to inspire. We salute you. (laughs) Okay, so for the random story, I I did talk. I did touch base. Random story. Oh well, because it's that's what's happening. You know, I'm just keeping us all confuddled. Yeah, yeah. I'm just keeping the whole thing. (laughs) Man. I did. We'll do that on reversey day where we switch it all around for everybody. Yeah, it's good. Mess mess with us. Except for Luke, you still get your minute of silence. I did talk to yes, Mitch. His back was still hurting him, though not as bad. We did pray again, which was cool, and and we continued to have sweet conversation and, and hang time. So that was great. And then I another gym story. I I swear I don't only have gym stories, but in keeping with the gym story, you think you would be more buff for how much gym? Yeah, that's you true. Have. I, I am a, I'm buff as long as I'm what are wearing you doing like there? Just eight chatting. As long as I'm wearing like 18 layers, I'm huge. But uh, <laughs> I saw this guy in the gym, and I thought that guy reminds me of of my nephew Joseph, who's a soccer player at Asbury College. And so, and I thought in my mind, you know, I should go ask him if he's a soccer player and if his name is Joseph, just to Are see. Are you like, my nephew? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so nephew. I. Uh, I didn't have I didn't have the the guts to go up to him during his workout and during mine, so I kind of waited and then I watched him walk out and I was like ah I don't really I don't really feel it strong enough to chase him down and but then I'm walking out and right before I get to the sliding glass exterior door I see this guy sitting down kind of like reading I think looking at his phone or maybe reading a book and and I was like okay I have to do it now so I looked over and, and he his eyes met mine and he was looking at me like like. Why is this old fat guy staring at me all weird? And so, so I just said, "Hey, man, my, you know," I said, "Hey, is your name Joseph?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Oh," I said, uh, "I said, well, this is where the awkward comes." Yeah, in. I said, "Hey, do you play you play soccer?" And he said, "No." I was like, "Man, two for two. I said, "Well, hey, man, I'm sorry." I said, "I, I do feel like God wants me to encourage you," and he's like, "Like, you know, I seemed open to it." So I said, "Hey, I feel like." Like you, you're, you're doing a great job of leading people and that God just wants to remind you that you, that he is investing in you as a leader and to not, to not forego the the challenges that come with that. And he said, Oh, wow. Thanks, man. That's really cool. And I said, yeah, man, what's your name by the way? And he said, Oh, my name's Wolf. 
and I was like, "Wow, your name's Wolf Blitzer." You're the only yeah, you're the second Wolf I've met. But uh, but I introduced myself, and uh, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah, I know it wasn't it wasn't all that, name, all that yeah. exciting, but well, no, that happened. It does happen, but, but it I, did. I, anyway, maybe I'll I'll save it for our conversation. But I, I was stoked that even though I was wrong, I still did uh, follow through and at least say hello and encourage him. Boom. So no. Yeah. So Chad, um, it, I I have a uh, I think you should up the risk because yeah. I think I think you know it's cool to tell him you know God wants to eat but i i think you should up the risk and and uh talk about the cross when you after you pray for people okay i was thinking i was thinking about that the other day and that for me you know like i've i've really you know followed your example um and so i do a lot of like going to people and now you know and saying hey can i pray for you but then i feel like if i don't take it further you know yeah and if i don't then i feel like it's kind of not really doing it yeah yeah i mean it's like you know, so I don't know. I just think you need to, I think you need, my challenge to you is take a risk where it means, hey man, can I pray for you? Yeah, I think you're great. Did you know Jesus died for you? Yeah. And and what, and explain that and, and just might, so I felt like I should challenge you to take another risk and I think you'll start seeing people get radically saved mm. right there and then. Cool, just thanks. Well, no, that's good. I, I what, The comment I was going to make was that I, I feel like God is challenging me to specifically use the name of Jesus and, and to do not exactly what you said, but very similar. So, um, so yeah. I, I, yeah, so I received that. That's good. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to go out on a limb and, you know, potentially have the awkward experience of getting his name wrong, yeah, yeah. right. you might as well, you might as well, you're there, you yep. know, it's like breaking into a vault and stealing a pen. Yep. You're right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? Seems like a lot of risk. So no, and I, 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 I know, and, but that's, that's and I don't awesome. mean any. I think it's cool, Chad, what you're doing. No, no, so seriously, don't misunderstand yeah. what I'm saying. But no, I just I don't. felt like I was just praying for you the other day, and I just felt like this. You're supposed to up it, and it, up it. Mm. It means talking about the cross and Jesus in as well. Yeah, more. yeah, that's good. So yeah. just a just a just a thought. Yeah, but I think it'd be exciting yeah, cool. to hear if you try that next podcast. Yeah. I'd be excited. Yeah, how that to hear how that happens. goes? Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, this, this is Thanks, a, I think this is a, an awesome yep. weekly encouragement. And if you listen to this and you are have been inspired by Chad's risk taking endeavors, you should take some risks too. And we'd like to hear about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We have a yes. we have a community page that you need access to join because we want it to mean something to be a part of it. Uh, so it's the Provoke and Inspire Podcast community. Um, request access, and if you're already on there. Take a risk this week and share right. it with us. And yeah. we'd love to even talk about that on this podcast. So this isn't about, again, we want to break down the spectator. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I said, we have hygiene standards that are pretty tough. So I mean, I thank you for showering and I welcome to the group. I think it'd be cool if everyone that's on our community page did that. And we, I think it could be a whole movement starting here. I think that's the point, right? Yeah. So, Agreed. Uh, yeah. Break down the yeah. spectator Christianity vibe. Yeah. Let's yeah. all get on the field at the same time. That would be chaos. Here That's we go. Right. David's random story. Well, I took a risk uh, anyway. So anyway, I took a risk a while ago. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did of, there. So anyway, I took a risk with Ben back back when uh, oh, this was like when, having me or what? Well, <laughs> when Ben was in high school, we collaborated on a song. Um, it was oh, during gosh. a it was during a time when there was a big alien thing, you know, like I, there was a whole no, stores. No. I was like in Singapore, and there's a whole 
whole the fashion was to dress like aliens. I don't know if I don't that, think that's true. Did that happen in in uh, in no, the US? No, I think you might have made that up. So anyway, no, it's, so it's true. So so I thought I need to write a song about uh, that we don't need the alien thing, you know. Mm. And so so Ben and I worked on it, and and Ben said you have to make it more culturally relevant. It has to have a little bit of a bite to it. So I thought. So we, I did not wait. So, wait, I'm the guy who pushed so, the edginess of this so then you I go 16 so then you go i think the song should be a because I, I thought it'd be alien he said no this it should not be true i don't want any alien bullship ship s-h-i-p ah, gosh. Uh, and oh, so nice. i thought yeah that's, i hate that's, for the record all my contribution cool. was the music so then, nothing else you so, were the lyrics <laughs> i was the music so i thought so the no whole, more alien bullshit no, right. No. So, That's yeah, exactly. So, so then we were invited to play at North Central University. Now, I'm saying the name of the oh. of the university on purpose because I want them to show some to mercy. Credit. So, so show but, a little mercy. Is so, there? There's got to be a statue of limitations I would, or whatever that is. I would think so. Come on, it's been so like this, 40 years. I know. So this was like 500 years ago. I'm it's like we're not still blaming the Irish for the Titanic. No. So I'm. So we played at North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota, USA. <laughs> All right, North Central University. <laughs> and so I started there. So we're Do you playing, have the address? So we're playing for the whole school, and I said, and it's a Christian university. I don't know if you know about that in other parts of the world, but they actually have those in the U.S. So, so I said, listen. Um, the first song is Alien Bullship. Bullship. And I even said... P with a P as in Patrick. Maybe you should have done one of those phone things. You so know? then... P as in Peter. Yeah, so then we started our show, you know. And since that day, I've been banned from North Central University. No, wow. you have You've spoken there. Since. No, I've been banned. We've been banned. No longer music has been banned. They're still talking about it. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. What's wrong well, with certainly you? certainly tainted our reputation. It's, yeah. Let's just put it that way. So I just want to say no more banning bullshit <laughs> at North Central <laughs> University. <laughs> so to all you okay. students... All you students at North Central University, you need to do some kind of like uh, protest. protest to get no longer music back. The no more yeah. of this bullshit. Bring back, bring back the, you fill in the blank. And we'll actually do that song uh, in the intro again. No, we won't. So, As the creative hmm. director of No Longer Music, we will not be playing that song for multiple reasons. So uh, there's that. <laughs> that was a great song. Mm. I liked that song. Yeah, that's that's good, Luke. You could put that in your band. <laughs> All right, moving on to the main topic. But before we do, I want to bring up what I continue to bring up, and that is the Steiger Missions School. At this juncture, we might uh, have our... Uh, promo video play during the live stream of this podcast but let me just nice. give it to you in audio format uh if you are inspired by the purpose of this podcast which is to follow jesus in secular culture then you need to consider coming to our 10 week mission school in germany uh this is a time of seeking god about understanding relevant models for reaching and discipling secular culture You'll be gathered together uh, with people from all over the world who are passionate about evangelism and discipleship. Uh, you'll hear from teachers uh, who it's not just theory, but they're really out there doing it. Um, and, and truly, this is the first step to being part of our mission specifically, but it really is a, a radically 
um, powerful time for transforming your life and for being sent out. Uh, and it really lines up with the purpose of this topic today, which is being sent out into the harvest. So consider coming to one of the two Steiger Mission Schools that is are, that will be running this summer uh, for information and to apply. And you need to really get on it because we're getting late here in the game. Uh, go to steiger.org slash SMS and you can find out all the information there. Uh, transitioning, uh, I want to talk about uh, the topic, the main topic, and it's based on a series that I've been wanting to do for a while uh, that's based on my book called Jesus in the Secular World. Uh, our heart in Steiger is to reach people outside of the church, um, and a lot of our teaching is centered around how you can do that. How can you be aware of secular culture? Um, how can you speak the right language? How can you love people? Uh, and so we're going to spend many, many different uh, weeks going through the various principles that I lay out in that book, which are essentially just Steiger values of seeking God, having a broken heart for the lost, um, all the things that I've mentioned. Um, and and what I but what I wanted to do before we got into that, as I was kind of meditating on on you know how should we set this up, how is the best way to launch into this, I really realized that that is kind of the how. Um, but the thing I want to start with is the why. Why does it matter uh, that we even go out and, and try to reach people? There was a, a video that was posted um, about Francis Chan, not about him, from Francis Chan, and he was talking about what is the one thing you could say to, to the American church and really the Western church or the church in general. And he talked about how your life is is meant for mission. You're meant to, to be sent out. You're not meant for self-preservation. You're not meant for the status quo. You're meant to radically devote yourself uh, to reaching people, to to building God's kingdom. Um, and, and someone posted this, and then there was a couple of comments, and one of them was essentially reacting to the idea that family can be an idol. And the guy was saying, well, what's What's the big deal? I can't, I can't just love my family and be a good husband. Is that a problem? Uh, and it kind of made me think, I think we need to wrestle with the idea of why should we do it to state it positively mm-hmm. and maybe to flip it around a little bit. Why are we not seeing more of it? Why uh, is the harvest plentiful, but the workers few? So I don't know who wants to launch. Maybe, uh, Chad, if you want to kick us off, why do you think the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Oh, I think it's, you know, I think it's uh, ties, it ties into the conversation that we just had, you know, and David's challenge to me um, and, and not just to me, but to all of us. I think that that, I I don't think there's enough um, of that happening where we're actually challenging one another. Man, what if we shared Jesus with just one person, you know, what, what if we just said, Hey, what? And I think that the, the, the challenge is that, that deep down, we really, all of us love our comfort. And until we begin moving mm-hmm. outside of it, it, it just become, it's like every day that you choose comfort is one, is one day closer to you just finding your identity in that space rather than, man, this is not comfortable. This is feeling awkward. This is challenging. I'm like, I really require the help of the Holy Spirit right now, but man, I'm just, Hmm. David challenged me. I'm just going to do it. And, uh, and before long you're endorsed by Nike and, uh, and it's game on, but no, I think, I think it's just, I think we need more challenging, uh, more challenges or challengers. Um, and, and, and we, I think that, that, 
I don't, I don't know that I can speak for everyone, but I think I need to repent for how low of a, of a standard I set for myself with others. And, uh, and just to say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. My heart really isn't broken for the lost. I, I think that I have to call bullshit mm. on myself uh, when I say, my heart's totally broken for the lost. Um, and I, I want to have a broken heart for the lost, but I don't think that most days I actually do. And so I've got I've to take that to Jesus and apologize to him and, uh, and repent mm. and ask him to give me his heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I think I think the same and but also I think it's about maybe really understanding what our faith is about. And I didn't get to see the Francis, that particular Francis Chan preaching, but I know that he often talks about this understanding what's at the core of our faith and what it really means to follow Jesus. And I think if we remind ourselves who Jesus is, what he said about himself, um what the truth is about our state, you know, before God, and then the lostness of, of humanity, then then we'll remember that we have to tell people the truth today. Yeah. And I think that's often the problem. We we see Christianity more as a lifestyle or, or as a as yeah, a yeah. you know, just, just a culture that we're in. And so it's fine to just be a good Christian, go to church, do do normal stuff. And it's forgetting what's at the core of our of our faith. It's it's the reality that we're lost without Jesus and everybody yeah. outside is lost without Jesus. So I need to spread the message so that people can find hope and truth and find their way to God again. And so realizing that should give me this drive to say, I can't sit around. Mm. I've got to do something. I ju- just before doing this podcast, I, I saw a post from our New Zealand Steiger team and they were sharing an interview with Jackie Pullinger. And, and she said something along the lines of, um, if we don't use our time um, for what really matters in this life, we'll spend all eternity feeling pretty stupid. <laughs> so it's and it's true. It's having that you know eternal perspective. Going, what what am I here for? What's my, what's life about? I think that's important. Yeah, David. Well, I mean, I think it it it's about whether your faith is just of doctrines and theological theories. You know, it's like when I have when that's the case, then I think I'm comfortable being in quotes a good father looking after my kids and my wife. But if I have an encounter with Jesus, I understand that the world is burning and I can't just walk by. I, you know, I think one of the things that sometimes I think is, is I, I have to feel it. You know what I mean? It's like, I have to, I have, I have to have this, this feeling that I, this, this heart, uh, like you were talking about, Chad, I, ha- mm-hmm. I I need God to give me his His heart so I can do it. And I think it's the other way around. Uh, for me, it's been that way most of the time. It's like, I won't feel it, but I just do it. And then I have God's heart. Mm. It's like, right. uh, I don't have God's heart to talk to this person about Jesus because I think it's a spiritual thing. You know, I think yeah. the, as long as I can just tell people that they, you know, how much, how wonderful they are and, or not talk to them at all then I'm not entering the battle. But when I say Jesus, when I talk about the cross, there's all these voices in my head always telling me to be quiet. I never feel like doing it. I never want to do it. Definitely. And so then when I do it, then I get God's heart, you know, and and he starts to break my heart. Sometimes I have that before, you know, I pray for God to to give me his heart for the world. And I think he, he wants to do that. But I think it's always right to do the right thing, you know, and then, some people will say, well, I can't do it because I don't have God's heart. And I say, do the right thing 
at least you're got, got yeah. Uh, yeah at least you're doing half of it right you know what i mean well you don't mm-hmm. and also you don't i don't think you get god's heart in isolation right i mean yeah god can give it to you as a gift a spiritual revelation or a gift but i think it often happens when you start to live in the real world and experience the brokenness you know it's that whole feel see feel do you mm-hmm. know you see it then you, God really changes your heart, and then you start to respond. Don't you think—but to, to something Luke said that I think is really important is reclaiming what it means to really follow Jesus. Yeah. Because I think part of the problem is we've lost sight of that, and we've kind of turned um, this kind of thing into a vocation. Well, there's some people within the church that do this, mm-hmm. but that's not really mm-hmm. for everyone. We've kind of lowered the bar. It's like, well, yeah, okay, some people go, and then every once in a while they get up and— we celebrate that and we clap and maybe we write him a check, but that's not really on all of us. And I think at the core level, I think it's reclaiming what Jesus calls all of us to go do. Isn't that part of it, Luke, that it's about identity yeah. and, and who Jesus is? Yeah, it is. And it's remembering that, you know, what he said, you can't read through the gospel without realizing right. that there's there's a an urgent mission at stake. And, you know, especially, you know, you end the gospel, Jesus, with the Great Commission. We, we call it right. the Great Commission. It's the last because words, yeah. Because that's what he says to, to the disciples, he says, go to all the world and make disciples. And then they went for it and they and they risked their lives for it because that they really understood that. So whenever our faith gets watered down, either by it being something that is ju- we're just following because it's our country's culture or our family tradition and, and we're missing the point. That's when we fall in this situation. But then the moment we read it again and we take it seriously and we have that personal encounter with Jesus um, and he starts like like David and Chad are talking about giving giving his heart to us. That really changes everything. And for me, it's it changes two key things, and and that's what moves me into mission. It's my view of God and who He is and and what He says through Jesus, and then my view of humanity and the society around me. So the other side of this that's a problem is we right. live in a culture that's comfortable, and uh, we you know we live at a time where we're luckier than any other time, and so mm. we look around us and we think people are fine. You know, the world's I mean, you can you have to ignore a lot of stuff to have that perspective, but you but you can look at people around you and think they don't want to hear about you know my faith right. because they're they, right. they're fine you know they're fine right so and that's not yes. that's not right it's that's not what the Bible says so here here's one aspect that I would like to I'd like to bring up as it relates we talked about New Year's res- resolutions last week and um, I was reflecting on New Year's resolutions and even my own instincts in them and I think the reason why so many people fail myself included sometimes is we, we all of a sudden pretend to want to be something that we're not like in a way that's so unrealistic. It's like, all right, I've been completely undisciplined all of 2018, but starting 2019, I'm going to work six days, work out six days a week. I'm going to eat only healthy. I'm going to talk to a hundred people. And we set these ridiculous goals that are in no way a reflection of where we're at. And so I think part of maybe what happens here in this sense, is start simple. Right? Don't overcomplicate this. Maybe what it means for you to reach the secular world is saying, God, what neighbor do I need to get to know in the next few months? And 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 do I need to take a risk and tell them about Jesus? Right. That's reaching the secular world, right? Is some of the myth of the spectator, you know, the, the problem of the spectator Christian, is some of that built into the over sensationalization of what it means to be to make disciples? Hmm. David right. or Chad, yeah, what, what do you guys point. think? Is some of it to do with that? Well, I, I mean, everything started changing for me when I did start taking little steps like that. That's when, that's when my relationship with Jesus was no longer just doctrine and theory, but I started to, to experience the Holy Spirit when I 
when I was kind of forced in university to talk about Jesus to my my friends who were not they were the furthest thing from from the church, and I was pretty much forced to talk to them about God, and, and that's when everything changed for me. When I and I think that you see in any movements that we've seen, uh, Jesus movements, it's it's when Jesus is boldly preached outside of the church. I mean, and and I, I think another part of it too is is forgetting who that we were saved, or maybe not even know, not even having a, an understanding of that. What I mean is like I can remember. When I was with Brian Head Welsh uh, from Corn, we were at this uh, this event we did in Berlin together, and he was sick, but he spent hours afterwards praying with every single person that wanted to be prayed for because he is so he is so touched by what Jesus saved him from and how mm. and he just has this yeah. heart. And here he was, really, you know, he was sick, and we spent like three hours, maybe four hours uh, afterwards. And he was not going to leave until he prayed for every single person there that wanted prayer. And it's not because of some obligation, but because of a revelation of his, right? You know what God has done for him. You know, so maybe that's part of it. Do you, and and Chad, I can turn this one to you. Do you think another part of this is an issue of um, of timing? Like you see, you know, there there's. Uh, in Luke nine fifty seven through sixty two, we get this series of uh, interactions that Jesus has that gives us some insight into just how hard it is to follow him. And one of them, it says that you know, Lord, let me go. I'll follow you, but first, let me go bury my father. Um, and we we kind of get this. That was a very responsible thing to do, acceptable in that culture. You know, even from twenty first century perspective, that seems like a logical or a, a nice thing to do. But I think embedded in that is a sense of. Yeah, yeah, I'll go, but I, I'll go when I'm ready. I'll go when I want to go. Do you think an mm-hmm. element of this is that we overcomplicate it or we just, it's about our timing and, and when we're going to do it as opposed to just obedience? Yeah, uh, for sure. It does, you know, I, as I look back and kind of track my own journey, um, 10 years ago, as of two days ago, uh, is when I actually left my my music career world and um and, and there was a there was a time directly connected to that departure and stepping away from that and into a desire it it really all stemmed from i i want to see revival in the world i want to see people drawn to jesus i want to see people awaken to who he is and I don't think that that's happening where I am enough in my in my music career. So mm. there was for sure a time, but but then there was also the season kind of prior to that or leading up to that that was really just a lot of seeking God and and praying and and I think it's similar for all of us of just spending time like okay Lord whatever you want to do do it in my life uh, Lord just you know break my heart for people give me opportunities you know like the just a uh, I think that that. If there's anything that moves us further into God's kingdom, it's hunger, you know. And so, so when David mm-hmm. cha- when David challenges me on taking a risk and sharing Jesus, it's not like mechanically I could probably do that. And rip, from a risk perspective, I could I could probably do that. But to actually develop a hunger that that's like, man, I today who do I get to share Jesus with today? That's so different than. David challenged me. I feel awkward because everybody heard it. All right. Who, like, who's maybe, you know, maybe my dog hasn't right. heard about Jesus yet. Um, so, so I think, I think it comes down to hunger and, and us just like, God, give us a hunger. And, but, but I think part of the heart of what I'm trying to get at in this one is that 
and and it a little bit connects to what David was saying earlier. But we we are so wanting conditions to be perfect, yeah, yeah, that's right? True. Right. That to respond to something like right. this, so we yeah. say, you know, how many people do we talk to in the music world that it's like every year you see them and they're like, I I got this great idea for a music project and right. and I've been working on some songs and I'm going great, do that, mm-hmm. and then the next year. How's it going? Oh, well, still working, you know, still writing my songs. And then the next year, how's it going? Oh, still, you know, I'm still working. I'm like, when are you going to do something? And a, a little bit of it is obedience is is kind of in the going, mm-hmm. sometimes even less than the method. It's it's like, I'm just going to go. I just have to go. I got to take a risk here and be obedient because it, uh, timing can be a control mm-hmm. thing, right? right? It's about I, I want to manufacture the risk out of it. I want to manufacture the foolishness out of it. And so I ain't going to go till I feel like I got it all together. Exactly. And I think that's a yeah. little bit part of where obedience comes in. What do you mm-hmm. think, Luke? Yeah, no, I, I think also another thing you said before that, that is really true is we romanticize it or, sen- or there's, you know, the sensationalism around doing missions or sharing the gospel or doing that kind of thing. And so I think it is right to realize that it's it's not it's never going to be perfect or this amazing situation you don't perceive it like that it it is a normal day-to-day obedience that's where it starts mm. and and it's like yeah. you said just going and so if i if i get if i understand that yes i'm called too and i have something to offer as well it's not special people it's for every follower of jesus and then I yeah. take those steps in my day to day. It's only it's often only looking back that you go, wow, that was amazing. I didn't realize that yeah. was happening or I didn't realize the result of just moving forward was going to do something. So I think yeah. that that is true. We can't look at the stories and go, oh, that's not me or that would never happen. And for in my world, right. or in my context, you know, you have to you have yeah. to realize you're a follower of Jesus. You're called and, and you have something to offer. Yeah. Another, another big one. And David, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Is um, it's about the seasons, and one thing that that uh, Francis Chan talked about in this video is how often people bail when they progress through the seasons of life. Mm. And I feel like this is a huge one why people are not entering the harvest because, you know, in the back of their minds, and maybe it's a subconscious belief, they think that's kind of for young, unattached people yeah. that have nothing to lose, right? Yeah. And and I just. In my own life, I just don't see that to be the case. And and he, Francis, really challenges that here. But maybe comment on the seasons as being a reason why why people are not entering into the harvest. Well, you know, when I started out in ministry and I was, you know, just finished university and I'd said, hey, you know, Jesus, I want to give you everything I have. It's like, well, that's cool, but you don't have anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, it's like, here, God, you have it all. And it's God's like great you got oh thanks the shoebox yeah really drums and whistles you know and it's like you know and when and i didn't care where i slept and i didn't you know i didn't need anything i could just whatever because it was just me so then when i when god gave me a wife would i still trust god you know what i mean it's like okay now i have a wife will i will i still obey you will i still do what you're calling me to do and then but i think the biggest even a bigger test than that because you know when you have a a wife, you don't need that much either, you know, which is a side note for me, I want to say is people will say to me, and there's some people that are listening to this who are going, oh, I can't get married yet because I don't have any money. And I always think, what are, you, what are you talking about? It's cheaper when you 
when you're married. You only need one bed. You don't need two. You know, you can. You, I know what you're talking about. I had the same conversation this week. off on beds alone. It's like, what the heck? You don't need two towels. You only need one toothbrush. You only need one towel. You can share. Fundies. You can, you can say, who's wearing the pants today? You are? Okay, I'll wear the, uh, the whatever. Which Chad has never answered me to that no, question. No. It's like, whatever. So then, but then when you, when you have kids, you know, will you trust God then? I know. It's not like, I love that. It's like this alimony, like from the eight, 1400s. I don't have my oxen yeah, and I know. barrel of grain to I deliver know. to my betrothed. I know. I can't. Like, just get married, you I, goon. I know. All you need is a Netflix account. I know. And I know there are people listening to this that use this lame excuse. It's like, Get married, you loser. But anyway, so then. And you should not release the horses from the barn for one grain cycle. Oh, and then, of course, after after you get married, you have to take a year off. Yeah, yeah. Even to. Francis Chan talked about yeah, that. I mean, what the heck? Stare at each other. What the heck is that all about? It's like you get married and then what? You just take a year off? Yeah. And do what? Focus, you have it's to like, focus on each mm. other, you know? What does that mean? It's just like... <laughs> I know, man it's so ridiculous you have to just look so, into each yeah. other's eyes for a whole year straight so yeah, again yeah spew. and i can remember you know jody and i my wife and i when 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 our ben and aaron were small little and we had nothing we had hardly any money any support uh we had to keep changing apartments because in amsterdam where we started our ministry in amsterdam there's very it's a big housing shortage very hard to get an apartment uh, so we had to like keep moving. We would just stay in an apartment for people that were gone on a holiday or something. We lived that way for a while. It was pretty rough. Um, and, you know, would we trust God then, you know? Mm. And I think that at different stages of, of life, people bail. And, uh, yeah. and I think it, it's, man, what if I would have bailed then? You know, what if I would have thought, wow, isn't it cool? You know, I had those years when I was doing that stuff, you know, and, you know, on the streets in Amsterdam and I had that cool time with Jody and then we had kids and then I bailed, you know, what would I have missed and what would I have taken away from my, my sons, you know? Yeah. And I, that, that point I think is so, so strong, which is that in this bizarre twisted reality, we think for the sake of my kids and family, I need to stop living Mm. for Jesus in a radical way. And the reality is your kids are not following Jesus. Okay, this is an oversimplification, but in a large part, they don't want to follow God because they see a powerless cultural God modeled in your life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's an intense way to say it, but that's part of it. It's like they should see it. It's not about perfection. They're not looking for perfection in you, but they should assumably want to see a God that produces something that does that actually changes you and the world around them. Yeah. And if it's just a if it's just pizza nights and laser tag and that that's not that's not attractive no. compared to the real world. What they need to see is that wow, my my parents' faith is real for them. Mm. They actually live it out, and I, I I see them depend on God. And guess what? God has come through, and I've gotten to witness that. That's dynamic for your kids, as opposed to they they you know had the illusion that I avoided R-rated movies, and and they sent me to youth group. You know that that's that's mm. not and it, that doesn't represent Jesus in a dynamic, powerful way. So for the sake of your kids. You need to remain radical and reach the secular world for Jesus. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Last one, last one here that I think is kind of a because I want to kind of wrap it up, unfortunately. But the last one I have written down is that we're trying to hold on to our lives, and it's a little bit about the comfort one, but it's <laughs> it's bigger than that, and that is that 
this really sad thing that the enemy convinces us of that Jesus speaks to directly, which is that he who tries to hold on to his life loses it. And and this is not an appeal to uh, masochism, you know, just live a difficult, hard life, although I think we've gotten too weak and watered down, honestly. But this is about not wasting your life, right, Luke? I mean, isn't an element of this mm-hmm. that we don't sell ourselves short on the kind of life that God has created us to live? Yeah, I guess it's again like that Jackie Pullinger uh, quote I mentioned earlier. You know? It's like realizing that life is short, time is short, and what am I going to do with it? Am I going to do something meaningful or, or you know, spend my time trying to build something up, trying to hold on to things? I think that's what that verse talks about, isn't it? It's the, it's the illusion that if I build things up, I'll, you know, I'll enjoy it, I'll get something out of it. And it's it's what we're missing there is the reality that, the stuff, the human things that we think of uh, are valuable are not, and and what's really valuable yeah. is what we find in Jesus. That's it's realizing that it's breaking out of that illusion and going. What really is worthwhile is the amazing um, privilege we have of seeing people's lives impacted for eternity. I mean, like every time I see somebody realize who Jesus really is and find hope in Him, or somebody's life is changed um, by meeting Him, or answers to prayer and you know, families restored or people coming out of, of um, awful situations because they found um, strength in Jesus. When you see those things and you know that it's a result of obedience, of doing what God's called you to do, then it's there's nothing that can compare to that. Of seeing God's mm-hmm. kingdom grow in that way, of seeing people's lives impacted in that way. It's incomparable to anything that this world can offer. I really, really see that in my own life and in, you know, and, yeah. and others around me. Yeah. Any closing remarks, Chad? I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And I think that, that that's from Galatians 1. I think that there is a, there's a place that, that I've been wrestling with over the last year or two that is that Especially living in a city like Nashville, this feeling that so many people are turning to a different gospel. And whether it's just watering down mm. Christianity and like, well, I don't really need to step out. Mm. I don't really need to wow. to share Jesus. Or, or if it's literally a, I no longer believe that the Bible is true or whatever. The, the There's so many different variations. Well, there's really not that many, but there's several variations of a different gospel. And I think it's just saying, God, help me to get back. To, to the vintage original truth and reality yeah. of who you are and what you said. Yeah. David. Yeah. I would say, and I think um, <clears throat> Chad mentioned that earlier is that it's not, you know, if you're listening to this, the, the it's, it's not, you shouldn't just feel guilty. I mean, that doesn't, yeah. that's not the key. That's not going to no. do anything. Uh, it's more of an attitude of repentance, you know, saying, God, I'm sorry that, that I don't care. I don't cry, you know, I've had to do that many times, you know, God, I'm sorry. My heart is so cold and I, and help me to see people through your eyes. You know, every time I've done that, God has given me more, his heart Mm. actually. So I would say, don't feel, this isn't to make anyone feel like guilty or pressured. It's, it's about, it's about God, I'm sorry. You know, I want to have your heart. I don't want to waste. I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to waste the time you've given me on this planet. And so, I would start with that and then set a plan, you know, don't wait till you feel like feel something, but make a plan where you're going to take that risk, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's when your spiritual life will, will start to be dynamic, powerful. And that's when the, that's when it all begins actually. That's yeah. good. And, and maybe learning the, 
the new year's resolution if you're you know if you're not an olympic athlete then then start with 10 push-ups a day you know what i mean like start with something it sounds funny and then also get some accountability in this i mean i was recently on a tour and I've, i've done a lot of these tours with no longer music and after the shows we go out into the crowd and talk to people and the show for me is very very draining and so i'm often exhausted at the end and don't always feel like talking to people if i'm just being completely Mm -hmm. honest uh but on this last tour you know me and our uh, one of our russian-speaking leaders valeri we kind of decided at the beginning all right we're gonna hold each other accountable we're gonna go out together after every show and that i have to be honest i've never probably it's been a long time since i've had that many miraculous fruitful conversations but it was in large part because we just did it. Right. Not, not always because I felt it. Right. And, and having that accountability of someone with me saying, no, come on, where are you? Let's go. Let's go. Let's find someone. And pushing to find somebody else. So you're not meant to do this alone. Um, another thing I say, this is not, again, as David said about condemnation, this is an appeal to not waste your life. Exactly. God is so good. And he wants something great for you. You are not, as my pastor said on Sunday, we are not a social club. We're not a social club of slightly better people. That is the least attractive version of Christianity you can possibly sell to someone. Come to us and mm-hmm. there's a bad coffee and average community and slightly better than other people. That's terrible. That's not what following Jesus is. It's find real life, find intimacy with him. And then by some miraculous decision, divine decision, he lets us participate in, in redeeming the world. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yeah, it really it's is. amazing. It's and it's crazy. not a perfect journey, and we got to get back up and, and repent, as David has said, as you all have said. But, man, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You could not – there is no money that could buy the life I feel like I get to live. Like, I would not replace it with anything. I, I can say with sincerity that if I won the lottery tomorrow, today, I would not change anything I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. That's not platitudes. I mean that. I wouldn't probably fundraise. That would be something. <laughs> and you would set you would send all all of the proceeds on to each of us, which is very kind of you. Dude, I tell you, I would be first of all, head to toe in leather. I would have a sidecar, a motorcycle, a French cook named Pierre. Yeah, but yeah. NLM would have four hundred foot floor to ceiling LED walls and I would ride around in a helicopter. Yep. But other than that, nothing, nothing would change. Would change. No, nothing would change. <laughs> nothing would change. Nothing. But anyway, uh Step one of a large journey that is this new series. I I personally love this conversation. This is our heartbeat. I think each week you'll hear that in how we speak. We are bringing in a lot of guests. We are in the middle of booking them or they have already been booked to speak into various uh, aspects of this series. So we will bring in many other voices. Um, but get on this bandwagon. I think you're going to enjoy this journey and hopefully God will speak to you through it. Again, rate uh, this podcast and review it. Otherwise, uh, let other people know. Word of, the, word of mouth is a huge way to, to share something, uh, even in our digital age. Uh, and we really appreciate you listening to this podcast. We will talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.